Welcome back to another episode of A Cup of Coffee. I am your host, your speaker, Levo Coffee. This is episode 20, and I just want to say thank you for everyone who's been tuning in, who's been listening on a weekly basis whenever I drop my episodes. For all my new listeners, hello. I hope you like. I hope you all can leave me a review, a rating, subscribe, any feedback. I will love it. I will take it in, and it's necessary. When we start this episode off, I just want to say that the people who killed Ahmad Arbery have been arrested. All three people. Now, I know there was some controversy in the media between people. Like I said, I'm always in the Instagram comments. I'm always on Twitter just to see what's going on out there in the world because, you know, we're so connected nowadays. But I was watching and I was looking and people were really upset about the fact that the, that the guy who recorded the video was arrested. And I was arguing with some people, not arguing, but discussing discussing it with some people. And I was saying he should have been arrested because, for one, why are you recording? Like, who just hops in their car and starts recording? Now, I know some people do the uh, face record of themselves because they like to sing and dance and they blog or vlog. I know people who ride motorcycles do it for their safety and their protection or so they can have cool footage or like their GoPro. But for the most for, for the most part, the average everyday person does not do that. So that was like a red flag to me. Not to everyone, not to some people, but just to me, right? The next thing is, like, if you record this, why didn't you give this to the police immediately after the murder happened? Why didn't you send that video over to the police and say, hey, listen, I just saw a kid get murdered going down this street. I don't know what was going on. I don't know what happened. Why didn't you get out the car and yell, hey, why didn't you call the police immediately? Why didn't you do anything? And thirdly, the, the two, the father and son, the two gentlemen who did the actual murdering, gave the police statement and said that, that guy helped them with the murder. He helped them. He was there to help them and to assist them. And it came to find out that there was a Facebook page of that neighborhood of them talking about wanting to kill Ahmaud Arbery or wanting to kill people who run through that neighborhood. So they were already out and they already had their mindset on doing this. So uh, and the other day I was talking to my girlfriend about it and she and I was like, you know, I'm still mad that they took so long to arrest him. But she had to clear something up for me like like. Just let me know, like, hey, babe, listen, we both know you're upset, especially because, you know, I'm a black man and this touched home to me. But some justice is better than no justice. Yes, it took them two, it took them two months to arrest the, uh, the father and son and the other gentleman who was uh, in on the murder. It took them a while, but we should prefer it to take two months and be happy that it took two months rather than not get arrested at all. Because they could have still been roaming free. They still could have been going free, living their lives, acting as if nothing happened to them. And that's not okay. So I thought about it over. I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. I need to just calm down. So thank you for everyone who called in and reported it. And I'm not saying thank you for me. I'm just saying thank you to everyone because justice needed to be served. So I'm happy that justice was served. And at least now they're in, they're in prison. They're in jail. And they can go through the judicial system and we can see what happens to them. Now, they get to walk free and nothing happens to them. Then that would be a totally different topic, totally different subject, totally different type of situation. But at least they're now in jail. They're, they're not able to harm anyone else. They're, they're locked up and they're going to serve their time. And that's, you know, that's enough justice for now. We have to wait till the next steps to happen. So recently, uh, I want to let you all know something's going on personally in my life. My girlfriend is a very beautiful, curvaceous woman. And she's been, you know, posting a lot more pictures of herself because, you know, she believes in body confidence and self-confidence where no, no matter what shape you are, no matter how you look, you should love yourself. You should respect yourself. You should treat yourself well. So I've been taking a lot of more photos for her. We've been going places that she's been posing and taking pictures and editing them herself and putting them on her Instagram. Her Instagram is Tatum Blend. That is T-A-T-U-M-B as in boy, L-I-N-N. Again, that is T-A-T-U-M-B-L-I-N-N. She's been posting, you know, on her Instagram and her Twitter and, you know, all stuff like that. And she's been a lot of, a lot of, a lot of likes and a lot of comments and people like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. And I, I agree. I'm like, okay, I see you, girl. But guys, listen, you see me on the page because she posts photos of me often. I don't post that much on my page, but she posts a lot on her page of herself. She posts me. She posts what she's doing at the time. So you go see me on her page. She posts that she loves me. She cares about me all the time. So fellas, why do y'all keep sliding in her DMs? Like y'all sliding her DMs trying to get at her. And I find it flattering. She finds it flattering. It's a little bit annoying because, you know, I don't want people sliding my girlfriend's DMs. But you got sliding DMs like, yo, what's up? How you doing? Y'all saying unsolicited dick pics. 
Like, y'all just be sending the dick pics. She's like, babe, look at this dick pic. I'm like, why y'all sending these dick pics? So I want, I wanted to let y'all know, like, hey, for one, you know, bravo to you. I know it takes a lot of courage, a lot of courage to sign into my DMs. I know people are thinking, like, no, it's easy to sign into my DMs. You just go message that person and slide in there. It's not that easy because you don't know what to say. You don't know how many people they are uh, getting messaged by a day. And you could possibly try to want to get in my girlfriend. Or you could just be a weirdo. I don't know. But I just want to let y'all know, like, how to properly sign into my DMs. Like, first of all, you don't send unsolicited dick pics, fellas, like, at all. The amount of times I've heard my girlfriend and her friends talk about, oh, I got a dick pic sent to me. Oh, my God, this is disgusting. No one likes this. Like, oh, my gosh, dicks are ugly. Like, fellas, if they want to see a dick pic, they could just go on Pornhub or X videos or whatever and see the dick pic. They don't need you to show them a dick pic. Like, they're not interested in your dick, right? Especially, you know... I got some shit over here. I'm cool over here, you know, below the belt. So if you're not my size or bigger, like, what are you sending it for? Like, what what are you, what are you trying to show? That's number one. Number two, you didn't introduce yourself. You're just, hi, my name is Dick Pick. How are you doing today? Like, no. If you're going to slide into somebody's DMs, now listen, this ain't going to work on my girlfriend because my girlfriend, for one, she knows better. And I'm not saying that in a disrespectful or demeaning way. She just knows better. She knows what we have. She knows the, the strength of our relationship. She knows that if she does respond in any type of way to a dick pic or a guy trying to get at her, it's not, a goal, it's not going to go over well for her or the guy. For one, she'll be single, so she'll lose out on this relationship. She'll have to, you know, a whole lot of lives will change and things will just wouldn't go good. So that's what I mean when I say she knows better. So for one... My girlfriend knows better. For two, we are in a happy, committed relationship. So why would she ruin what she has for a guy she met over the internet who probably just wants to have sex? And I don't care who you are or what you're offering. You're more than likely just want to have sex. And then she knows what I put up with. And I know what she put up, up with in this relationship. Do you think she's really going to give away her 80% to go get some 20? Like, if you don't know about the 80-20 rule, it's still one of my previous earlier podcasts. I explained it thoroughly there but a brief you know recap 80 20 rule you have 80 percent of what you need 20 percent of what you want is out there in the world got it in your partner if it's a true love partner you're truly happy with your partner that's how it is so do you think she's really going to give up all that she has in me and i'm not saying i'm the best person in the world i'm not saying i'm the greatest person in the world at all but i'm her partner and she's happy with me i'm happy with her it's not gonna work on her but i'm gonna give you some advice to help you slide in other women's dms right for one you want to introduce yourself. Or if you don't want to go the introduction route, comment on something that she's posted on her story or comment on a photo of hers. Don't send a picture to her in her DMs and comment on the picture like that. No, you have to leave a bold comment under the photo. Hey, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. I can relate to this because tell a story how you like it or how you think it's interesting or something like that. Let her like, let her know. Right? Like, just let her know. For example, if you see a woman posting a photo of Disney and you like going to Disney or you like Goofy or you like, you know, Alvin and the Chipmunks, comment about that. Comment about what you like and what you don't like about Disney and how you miss not being there right now because of coronavirus, right? Or if you see a woman posting about makeup, let her know, like, damn, I don't know anything about makeup, but I like the way that I look on you. Like, you know, the stuff behind your eyes, that looks good, you know. The uh, cheekbones look good. Compliment her face, her features, and the makeup she's wearing and ask her more questions. Now, she might think you're asking for, you know, your girlfriend or your mom or whatever, but she doesn't even know that now. You're just trying to build up that reputation. Like some photos. Now, don't be the creepy dude who likes photos from two, three years ago. No, like a photo from like a week ago, two weeks ago, maybe in a month ago. To let her know just so, hey, like, I'm seeing what you're doing. I'm looking at the profile. I like what I'm seeing right now. So then she's going to start posting more stuff. And you have to, you know, be be active. Like, oh, this is cool. Ha, 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 ha. And start replying to her and, you know, start to, you know, to not tear the wall down. But, you know, to, like, let her see, like, okay, this guy is a new follower. He likes it. Okay, you're just an active follower. That's what it's called. Let her know you're being an active follower. And after a while, you're being an active follower. Then you go, hey, how you doing? I see what you post. Ha, ha, ha. Like, you know. I'd love to go there sometime with you. And then, you know, that's when you got to introduce yourself in the DMs. Hi, my name is so-and-so. I think you're really beautiful. I've been commenting on your photos. I've been commenting on this. I'm going to be over here at this day and this time. We have to go out. We have to meet up for, for, uh, for coffee, for lunch, meet at the park, whatever, whatever. Meet in a public place so that way if shit goes wrong, you can leave. She can leave. It's, no one's uncomfortable. Now, you say, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Woo-woo. And you're trying to shoot your shot. I ain't going to tell you how to, how to spit game at women because everyone's different. My game is different than your game. I use my skills. You use your skills. It's all different, et cetera, et cetera, whatever, whatever. Now, but use your skills. Whatever skills you got, use them. Hey, hi, how you doing? Talk. Talk about things that you've already seen on, on her profile. Because all Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, all that stuff is, 
It's just a collection of memories. So if you could use these memories that you've already seen on her page or his page, you know, whatever folks you're both, whoever listening to this, you might be a woman as well. Take the same notes for guys. Use whatever you're seeing on their page. And once you see what's on their page, comment about it. Message them. Oh my gosh. Ha ha ha. Hey, how you doing? They're like, I'm doing good. What's up? What do you want? Oh, I'm just, you know, just trying to start up a conversation. And then proceed forward from there. Don't start sending dick pics. And if they ignore you, it's fine. You can still like the photos. So come on the photos. Because I would show them that, that you're still interested. And they're going to look at your photos. So make sure that your page is looking good as well. They're going to look you up on Facebook. They're going to look you up on Instagram. They're going to look you up on Twitter. They're going to look you up on Snapchat. Every single uh, media outlet you have, they're going to look you up on that outlet. So when you're on there, you got to make sure you're, you're, you're on your P's and Q's. Now, you could do this to 30 different people. It doesn't matter. Just make sure you're on your P's and Q's. Make sure every photo you have is looking good. Make sure you're posting things about whether it's sports or food or traveling or things you do for fun in your spare time. It's your own collection of how you want things to look on your page. But you have to, to you know, start doing that. I know some people have a very specific way they want things to look. Like my girlfriend likes to post these big, bright photos that show her having fun because she we be having fun i take weird ass photos at where times we're having fun so some photos are like her in action or look weird stuff like that those are genuinely her having fun in a good space and a good time with me while we're out having fun i know some people like to have a darker look and they like to post pictures that are a little darker some people like me i'm very random so i might post a few food pics like oh but i'm eating this i don't know what this even called like one time we had balsamic fig chicken it was delicious i posted that you know or I might post a, hey, check out my podcast. I might post a picture of me like, oh, I took this photo over on a long time ago. I might post a picture of my girlfriend. I might post a picture of sports. You never know what I'm going to post. I like to keep people on their toes. I like to post different things that catch my eye or things that I want to show the world to. So you have to have something similar. You have to have something similar that way they can have something to reach out to back to you about. And also, at the end of the day, if they ain't vibing with you, they just ain't vibing with you. It's okay. You're not going to catch every fish when, you, when you're fishing. It's okay. Listen, I've been out there. I've been up in them DMs. I know a couple people who I still follow who I'm active with. I'm an active follower. I comment on their stuff. I like their pictures. I reply to their um, stories. And me and them used to, you know, be DM hunters. Like, oh, what's up? <laughs> but as of right now, I'm with my lady. It's all good. I know, you know, it's it's okay. We all have done it. It's okay. Just know that you go strike out. You get told a lot. You get told no a lot. Like, no. Nah. No, you're not my type. You're ugly. Ill. Bye, sorry. They might even screenshot your stuff, post it on their story, making fun of you, saying, hey, don't do this. But listen, keep doing it. Because just because you're not their type or they are interested in you now means nothing. You're shooting your shot. It's over the internet. But be respectful. That's the one thing. Be respectful. That's the name of the game. There is no reason for you to be out here being disrespectful or calling people out their name or being rude at all. If you shoot the shot, and you break it, you bounce off the backboard, bounce off the rim, but it don't go in, it's not a swish. It's okay. Keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting. You either get blocked, they'll say, yo, you're not my type, so no thank you. Or you might get a date. You might get a, okay, hey, here's my number. Or, or add me on Snapchat. Kind of nowadays people go from Instagram to Snapchat. So it's because on Snapchat you can post a little more. A lot of people post more provocative things on Snapchat and, you know, it's a whole dis disappearing picture thing and you got to click to save the message so they don't click it, it ain't go save. So I understand all that. And then on top of that, you can delete your own messages so that way it deletes from your message box and their message box. So that's fine. So once you get to Snapchat, you can keep working, keep working, keep working, put up like a little, you know, three day, four day or a month hot streak, become best friends on Snapchat. Then from there, probably like, yo, you kind of go get some food. I, like, I know you got to eat someday. Eat with me. Let's go get some food. I know right now we're social distancing. We can get the food. We can stand apart and just talk, laugh, and be in public and have a good time and see how that proceeds forward. It's different ways out here, fellas. But listen, this is the main point. Be respectful and stop sending dick pics because don't nobody want to see that. And if you and if you send it to a, a girl who has a boyfriend or who has friends and they're very open and social, like for me, I laugh at it. I'm like, okay, like why he send you a dick pic? Like, I don't get offended. I'm not, I'm not about to like, you got guys sending you dick pics? No. I'm laughing at y'all like, yo, why are you sending my girlfriend's dick pics? Like, and I'm not about to hit you up and slide your DMs and message you like, yo, don't send my girlfriend's no dick pic, yada, yada, yada. Because it's no point. Most of y'all don't live in the area where me and my girlfriend live. Number one. Number two, I'm not the type of guy to argue over social media. Like, that's just, I'm just, it's not me. I'm not about to argue with you at all over social media. It's, it's, it's stupid. Uh, another thing, speaking about social media, this isn't even on my docket here. Let me add it real quick. Um, celebrities. We need to start doing background check. Now, I say this because a lot of celebrities are famous. Like, you know, they have a they have a skill. 
they are good at doing what they do. They are smart or they know how to hustle or they know how to just they have a super talent and God chose them out of everyone to become famous. Recently in the media, like Doja Cat been going crazy in the media and Lana Del Rey been going crazy in the media. Now, I didn't know who Lana Del Rey was before this. I'm not going to care about who she is after this. She's not my type of genre that I listen to. And I have a vibe, very of different genres I listen to because my girlfriend listens to a lot of alternative, uh, like soft rock type music, folk type music. That, that's her genre. I listen to hip hop, R&B, rap, a little bit of pop. She listens to pop as well. So those are our genres and we both in our household, we, you get a lot of it. Like today I came in the house, she was listening to the, the Hamilton soundtrack. She loves it. She was playing it. I walked in. Cool. She's playing her music. Sat down when we talked about it a little bit. And now we're getting ready to go. I'm recording my podcast. Lana Del Rey said some stuff about uh, women being strong and sexy. And that's what sells nowadays. Can she go back to making her own type of music? But I guess it's like about women being submissive and weaker than men. And she mentioned women of color. So people are upset about that. Listen, the concert culture is a little bit overrated. But if you don't like what she said, don't listen to her. I, I wouldn't hear comments. Everybody in her comments is white. They're all saying, oh, my God, Lana, we still love you. We still support you. Lana, woohoo, Lana, listen. Your music helped me through my relationship. Cause like she sings, I guess she sings about abusive relationships and like sad women and shit. Listen, if that ain't your cup of tea, that ain't your cup of tea. Then don't listen to her music. Like I, I never heard of her, right? People are, are mad at Doja Cat because Doja Cat was saying nigger and how she's always saying about man ain't shit and how she used to like, uh, be on thing called Tiny Chat and showing her her vagina and her titties and her bodies to these alt right dudes who were racist dudes and they accepted her because she was like their entertainment. Cool. That's that's Lana Del Rey. And I'm sorry. That's uh, Doja Cat. If y'all don't want to fuck with Doja Cat, don't fuck with her. But y'all need to start doing background checking people before y'all start listening to their music and start promoting what they want and start saying, Hey, do I really want to support this person because they are talking about this and they've done this in the past? They've done that in the past. Do I really want to support this person who who has friends that do this or that do that, that or that do that and they condone doing these certain type of things? That's what we need to start doing because I'm tired of every what every month, every two weeks or so, people are like, oh my gosh, we gotta counsel this person, we gotta counsel that person, we gotta counsel this person. It's like why? I'm you know I'm bored. I'm I'm at home all day. It's fucking you know coronavirus. I'm scrolling through, scrolling through. Oh, this person did this. Oh, this person said that. Oh, this person did this. Oh, my God. They posted this picture. Oh, my God. They got this, this, and this. It's like, what the fuck are y'all? Like, what do y'all expect? We all have lives before, you know, they became celebrities. But if y'all don't condone what they're doing, do a background check on them. Like, do a background check. I remember I was talking to my girl. I was like, man, people trying to cancel Lizzo for shaking that ass at a basketball game. Now, on one of my previous podcast episodes, I did go in on Lizzo because it's a time and place for doing that. I wasn't saying cancel Lizzo. I, I wouldn't say cancel Lizzo. She's not problematic at all. I was saying she didn't learn how to control herself and do certain things at certain times, like shaking your butt at a basketball game is not a good time. That's not a good time to do that. Get there, there to see LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Carlton Carl Towns and Steph Curry make buckets. They're not there to see Lizzo shake her butt, especially because there are kids there. Some kids aren't into that yet. You know, they're they're young. With this whole Lana Del Rey and uh. Send a girl named Doja Cat. I gotta start doing doing your y'all uh background checks first. Like, oh my gosh, like people were mad about Cardi B when she came out and she was saying she used to drug men and, and invite transgender women over there to have sex with the men while they were drugged and passed out, and she would rob them. If y'all want to counsel her over that, counsel her. Cool, stop listening to her music. But y'all should have done a background check beforehand because them videos that, that were posted were old, and now y'all want to be like, oh no, counsel Cardi B. Well, Cardi B is now doing great things for people. Cardi B is trying to become a better person. But it's like, so you're going to counsel her or not? Are you going to, you know, support what she's doing now? Was she trying to make a change? Or are you going to hold her against her old behavior, things she did before when she was out there hustling in the game, doing whatever she was doing? Now, I don't condone it because I know if it was a man, y'all would be counseling that man. And I always say that because we often talk about equality in America. We all talk about men and women are being equal. Now, that doesn't mean the fact that, you know, certain jobs that are more male-dominated or certain jobs that are more female-dominated. I'm talking about on a social standard. We want men and women to be treated equally. And I'm okay with that. I'm all for it. You want to be treated like a man? I'll treat you like a man. You want to be treated like a woman? I'll treat you like a woman. Equally. So, if things want to be equal, that means people like Cardi B, who did what she did, need to be treated as such. 
she needs to be treated and thrown in jail because if it's a man doing that, y'all would try to try to get him from prostitution, pimping, and uh, you know, kidnapping, all those other things, rape, all that type of stuff. Be equal in the things that you say about people and be equal in the results that you expect to people to have, is what I'm trying to say. Because if you think what Cardi B did is wrong, if she was a man, then it's wrong if she's a woman. If you think what Doja Cat did because she's a woman, if she's a man, it's still wrong. And same thing with Lana Del Rey. Like, it's, it's all the same. So this is some stuff that people have to start thinking about. Like, yo, is it equal? Is it wrong? Let's do a background check on all these celebrities because I'm tired of seeing all this this fake council culture. Like, y'all already counsel people all the time. It's fake council culture. It's not worth it. It's stupid. But that's one thing I want to talk about that was in the media yesterday. And it was about Joe Biden. Now, whether you want to vote for Joe Biden or not, whether you're Republican, whether you're a Democrat, I, I don't care. I do not care at all. Like that that's not what I'm gonna talk about here. I wanna talk about some of the, the things that he's been saying in the media. He had a, a interview with Charlemagne the God and he was talking about uh just about the about the black vote. Charlemagne asked him some good questions. He one of the questions he asked him specifically was like, Do Democrats take black black voters for granted? And I think that I think they do because all my life I was always told, You're a Democrat, you're a Democrat, you're a Democrat. And when you're young, you know, you first started voting, you first started choosing the route you want to go, you don't know which if you're a Democrat or Republican. I don't care who you are, whether you're 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. At that age, you don't know yet because you're still learning. You're still kind of mimicking your friends and mimicking your parents. And you don't know what you what you do fully think yet, but you don't fully think yet. Some people have an idea, but they don't have a full clue yet. So, so he asked him that and Biden was like, well, yeah, you know, uh, the black voters are important. And I grew up in a black area and I've went back there after I, you know, got my law degree and I became a lawyer in that area to help young black people and, and poor people. But he never answered the question. The question was basically, do Democrats take the black vote for granted? And I, like I said, I think it's yes. I think they do. Because all I ever known and all I ever been told was, hey, vote Democrat, vote Democrat. They want what's best for us. Vote Democrat, vote Democrat, vote Democrat, vote Democrat. Okay, cool. You know, I voted Democrat. I put Obama in a, in a White House. I help with that. I believe I help with that. Cause I voted for him, and I only voted for him because he was black. I'm just being honest here. I don't care if he was Democrat, Republican, Green Party, Independent. He was getting my vote off the strength that he was black, and he made it so far. Like, like yo, he he, it, he made it. Like it was yo him versus somebody else. I don't know. I don't know who he ran against. I don't know that like, he made it. Like, oh, Obama on there. I'm voting for Obama. Two years. I mean, two terms back to back. Voted for him. Don't care. Well, the first time I couldn't vote for him because I was I was um, in the ninth grade. But the second term, I was like, yo, I voted for him. I'm I'm happy. Woohoo. But other than that, all my life, I've been told that because I had an uncle. He was a Republican. And all my life, I was told, like, yo, never vote for Republican. Oh, oh he's a Republican. Oh, he's a Republican. Oh, he's a Republican. And I was like, oh, shit, ew, you're Republican. And that's what I used to think. But now that I'm older and I have the right to vote, I'm like, yo, I'm actually an independent voter. I'm not a Democratic or a Republican. People are like, yo, but you're black. You got to be a Democrat. I'm like, why? What have they done for us? What have the people who are Democrats done for black people in America? And my girlfriend and I had this talk yesterday, and we were talking about it, and like, it became a, a heated conversation. Not for the fact that she wants me to vote Democrat because she thinks Democrats are better than Republicans, but off the strength that right now, a lot of people are saying, get Trump out of office. The goal is to get Trump out of office. The goal is to, to remove Trump from office. The goal is to put anybody else in there because there are two more uh, judicial spots coming up. And if he puts two Republicans in there, that means every law that's going to be passed is going to be Republican law. I mean, they were they were on, I think, like the House and the judicial branch. And I think like Democrats on the Senate. I'm not too sure about that. Uh, you might want to fact check me on that one. But I know for a fact that there are two slots coming up in the um as you know, on the ju judicial seating, and Trump has the ability to put whoever he wants there. And the problem is that if he puts a Republican there, a lot of Republican laws will get passed, such as you know they can uh, get rid of Roe versus Wade, Roe versus Wade, or Brown versus uh, School of Education. So it's things like that that can be removed. And I'm sorry if I said those two cases wrong. I'm not too, you know, I don't have them pulled up right now in front of me like I should have. So I'm gonna say sorry about that. But I know things like that can be reversed. My girlfriend was telling me about it. And she was like, it's important because, you know, what about the good of the people? And I said something to her that I didn't think she, she probably didn't think I was going to say this. But I said, but what about black people? Like Republicans don't care about black people. They care about their own money and building money for themselves and their friends and their people. And, you know, self, self growth, capitalism. 
and Democrats or liberals, whatever you want to call them, care about like you know us as whole. But neither one of those people actually care about black people. She's like, well, Biden is lesser of two evils. I said, but for who? Because Biden was a part of some of the laws that were created. Like Biden was a part of the crack law sentencing, basically saying that if you have one gram of crack, that is not equate to one gram of cocaine. One gram of crack equates to like I think it was like a hundred grams of cocaine, which is insane because in black and brown communities, crack was the drug of choice. So you had a crack rock, and if you had got caught with a crack rock, the sentencing level was not compared to a white person who lived in the suburbs who had the the pure powder form, which was cocaine. So it doesn't compare. It's not equal. It doesn't equate at all. So it's like, how can you expect me to vote for somebody who made this, the uh, who helped create the crack law in the 80s? Now, of course, I wasn't born in the 80s. I was born in the 90s. I was born in 1994. But I know people who have been affected by the crack law that was created in the 80s that he helped create. I know people personally to this day who are serving prison time because of those crack laws. Now, the 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 disparity in the, the sentencing times have been reduced. So now it's not one to a hundred. I think it's now it's like one to like twenty, something like that. I'm not too sure. But it has been reduced and I'm happy about that. That's that, that's a it's a puffs plus. But it's still ridiculous. Crack is a drug that is created uh by having cocaine. Black people can't get cocaine into this country. We don't we even when the cocaine was coming to this country free and flowing, we weren't the people at the borders controlling what came in and came, came out. We weren't people on, on, on the um, boats who worked the boats, worked the docks, who were in the airplanes bringing it over. We weren't these people. We were people who it was delivered to and who got it, flipped it, transformed it, and made crack and made more money off of it. But it's not our fault that it's in America that we didn't bring it to the streets. We didn't bring it out here. So why are we being negatively affected by this? That's one law that Biden helped create. Another law that Biden helped create was um, minimum sentencing times for crimes. So that's why now you have the you can get six months minimum or the max you can get is five years. You can get three months minimum. The max is, you know, 10 years or instead of getting the minimum sentence, you can get what's called probation or uh, parole. No, sorry, probation. Probation said that you're going to jail. Parole is when you're already in jail. You want to get out early. So you can get probation for this crime instead of serving X amount of years, this amount of years, this amount of time. And it's like Biden helped create that, which sounds like a good law, right? It sounds like, oh, my gosh, this law is amazing. Like, what the hell? How did he do this? Well, it's bad because now if you can't afford a lawyer, you're going to take a deal. And that's why the judicial system sucks because people are taking deals. Now, if everybody went to court, our judicial system will shut down. Like, it will literally break because there's not enough time. There aren't enough lawyers and there aren't enough judges to see all those trials. And so many people will be getting sent to jail and prison that it will all just fail. Everything will just fail. But nobody wants to go to court because no one can afford these lawyers. Now, if you can't afford a good lawyer, then you're able to, of course, be like, okay, yeah, I'm afford a good lawyer. The lawyer is able to talk to the judge who's probably his buddy that he plays golf with or have lunch with, with every Friday. Spend some money, talk to these people, talk to these people, talk to these people, get the resources done. And then you boom, you know, you're doing probation or you're doing a two month sentence or if or if you're already sitting in jail, you already got time served. So you're coming out on probation. But if you're a guy like me or like the most of America who make 50,000 or less per year, you can't go out and afford a lawyer that costs a hundred dollars per hour, a thousand dollars per hour. Or you got to put down a fifteen hundred dollar retainer right off the back to get that lawyer. And then they're going to charge you X amount of dollars per hour. So once the trial's over with you, you then have to pay them money. And then you might still have to go to jail. So after you go to jail, you come out, you still owe the money. Most people don't have time for that. So I a lot of people just take the plea deals. But if you were to go to court, I'm telling y'all, if you were to go to court and you were to fight every case that's given you to you or thrown your way, the judicial system would not work and it would crash and they would have to make laws better for us. Now, the third uh, bill that he was a part of is called the 1994 uh, crime bill, which also involved the three strikes rule. Now, he was a part of it, and so was Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton has since apologized for it, saying, yo, listen, we created this bill. We thought it was going to be something su uh, successful. It's going to help America, especially with uh, drugs. And if you are a uh, repeat criminal offender, we're going to put you away for life. You're never going to come back out. Great, good, all fine and dandy. Bill has since said, yo, I'm sorry. Things did not work out as I expected. I thought I was doing something good. I thought I was helping America. I thought I was helping our, our people. But actually, it caused a lot of harm in black and brown communities. Joe Biden, while he was 
having the interview with Charlemagne the God refused to apologize. And I've looked all over the internet for him apologizing for the 94 crime bill. And he doesn't apologize. Well, he does something that, you know, a term that's called deflection. He says, yes, I did do that. But I did that because of this. I did that because of that. I did that so this wouldn't happen. He doesn't take ownership or responsibility for doing it, which is like the basis of an apology. You have to take ownership, take responsibility, and say, yo, I'm sorry that this affected you all this way. I really did not mean to. And then once you do that, then you can give your explanation as to why you did it, but you have to say, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I did not cause this to happen. I'm sorry. I caused this to happen, but I did not want this to happen. I'm sorry. Please forgive me and let's move on as a country, as a nation, as people. That's not what he's doing. He's basically saying, well, I did this because of this and because of this and because of this. It's really their fault. Well, the people you're blaming are your are your constituents. They're your friends. You work with these people. You know these people. You guys are all in the same buddy-buddy club. You go golfing together. You eat the same food, same restaurants. You don't live down here with us common folk down here struggling. You live in them nice-ass houses, nice-ass mansions, gated communities. So stop saying why you did it and just apologize. And this is one of the reasons why I would not be voting for Joe Biden. And my girlfriend and I had a heated conversation yesterday, a very good, thorough conversation that was needed to be had because, you know, we're of different ethnicities. We're of different backgrounds. We both grew up in California. She's been in Southern California all her life. I moved from Southern California, Northern California, back to Southern California. But there are a little bit, you know, differences that we all have, that we have experienced in our lives. So it's good to have these conversations. And she was saying, you know, like, listen, if you vote for Trump, Trump is trying to get rid of abortions. Trump is trying to, you know, get rid of a lot of things for, uh, for the LGBTQIA community. And that's not okay. Trump is trying to repel all these different things. And I asked her, what about black people? What has any politician, what has any president done to assist black people? What have any of them done to help better my life? What have any of them done to better my friend's life, my family's lives? And she was telling me, like, well, listen, if you already know the bad side of life, why make it worse for everyone else? That was her argument. I was like, because everyone else needs to see how bad it is for us. So that way, next time these things happen or these things could happen, everyone can be in the green and say, whoa, hold on. We need to put new mayors in town, uh, in charge. We need to put new governors in charge. We need to put new Senate members in charge. We need to put new uh, a new president in charge. We need to have better judges. We need to have better lawmakers, better law creators. Better, better politicians need to be had and to be put in these places because once white people suffer, that's when the world truly changes. And this is something that I thoroughly believe in. I, and I broke it down to her like this. Black people know suffering. Natives know suffering. Hispanics know suffering. Indians know suffering. Africans know suffering. Asians know suffering. White people in America do not know suffering. So whenever white people have to suffer, that's when they're like, nah, I don't want to suffer anymore. Let's make these things change. I gave her a few examples. Like uh, for the Civil War, right? People think, oh, the Civil War was started because the North wanted the slavery to end. That's not why the Civil War happened. Civil War happened because of Western expansion. The South was moving west, the North was moving west, and they hit a crossroad. A crossroad. I don't remember which state they hit, but they're like, hey, listen, we both want this state. This won't be a slave state. This will be a northern state where we have, you know, a lot more factories, things like that. The South said, nah, I don't want this. The North said, yo, if you don't change this, we're going to start a war. The, the South uh, got mad. The North marched into the South. The South struck the first blow. The North said, hey, slaves, you fight with us. Trust me, we'll make things better for you. So that was white people oppressing white people. The South didn't like it. They had a war. They fought it out. And then slavery was abolished. And then that's when the 13th Amendment happened. And that's when, you know, you could be a slave. You were arrested. Black people began to become arrested by the masses. So that's when they became the modern day slaves. Right. Then. Fast forward about 100 years, 1960s, uh, we had, you know, the, the, the Montgomery Boys, the Montgomery Bus Boycott, which led to the Civil Rights Movement, which then led to a lot of other movements off of that. Uh, my girlfriend always says, like, first, second, third wave feminism. Uh, you got the LGBTQIA movement starting at that time as well. You got hippies blowing up as well. You got a whole lot of other movements coming off the Civil Rights Movement. And she's like, black people are always at the forefront of all these um, revolutions. You even got the uh, the uh, Caesar uh, the Caesar Chavez movement for the uh, for the farmers in California. You have all these other movements happening off of black people's movements. So my girlfriend's like, you all have to do this. 
we need you as a country. We need you all to do this. And I asked her a question. Why is it that black people have to always be the leaders of the movement, but black people are not the the beneficiaries of the movement? Like, let's be real here. Black men make up, what is it, 5% of the nation? Only 5 We make up 40% of prisons. How does that 5% of our population makes up 40% of jails and prisons? That's almost half, but we're 5% of the entire population. How is that possible? How is it possible that we keep helping everyone else out, but no one else is helping us out? No one's helping us out at all. No one's saying, yo, listen, y'all fucking black people up. We got to stop this. No politician, no governor, no nothing is saying that. They Or they do say it, they say it. And once they get in the office, it's like, all right, listen, y'all, we go throw y'all this half a quarter of a centimeter of a bone and pass all this other stuff for everybody else. And you guys have to be happy with that. Well, as a black person, I'm tired of hearing about black people struggling, black people having to do this, black people having to do that as a as a way to help the world, but the world is not helping us. The nation isn't helping us. The nation isn't benefiting us. The nation isn't providing for us. For example, they just gave everybody $1,200 minimum, right? If you have a you know, social security number, you, you plugged in, you filed your taxes or whatever, and you're not a dependent, $1,200. They're talking about doing another $1,200. That means that reparations could have been given to all black people who were negatively affected by slavery. Let me say that again for y'all who didn't hear me or who don't want to hear this. I'm going to be real with you. They then could have given black people reparations for slavery. They, as back in the day, they were saying 40 acres in a mule. Whatever that transferred to nowadays, give it to us. Or give us land. Give us, give us, give every black person 40 acres. And I don't mean black people who, you know, I don't know how they're going to figure out who's what or who was fake about slavery, who did what or where your peoples are from, stuff like that. I just know that most black people I know who live in California or on the West Coast in general have family members that are from Georgia, Texas, Washington, D.C., North or South Carolina, Baltimore, Maryland, that area. And that area over there is, you know, majority of black people, Alabama, Tennessee, Louisiana. I ain't forget about y'all. Miami. They all come from there. And they all move to the West Coast and they move out, out here. So in them, in, in them, in that family tree, somebody has to be a slave. Somebody has to be, have, had to have been treated wrong. So they can figure it out. If y'all have enough money to give people $1,200 minimum and are talking about doing a second round and they're talking about in California specifically, I know they're talking about giving, getting rid of college debt of less than $10,000. Y'all could have paid reparations for black people. Y'all could have been helped us out. Give us free college or something. Give us 40 land, 40 acres. Give us $100,000. Give us a million dollars. Whatever whatever the reparations would equate to nowadays, y'all could have been done it. Y'all could have done it a long time ago, but y'all didn't. Y'all didn't want to. Y'all didn't have to. No one made you do it, so you didn't do it. You chose not to do it. And that's understandable because, you know, America is, is made to is made for white people, is made to protect those in power and those in charge. But don't don't now, you know, expect black people to keep helping, helping everybody. So I was explaining to my girlfriend, I'm just like, it's not fair for black people to have them to keep being being the stepping stone of America while everyone else benefits. And she's like, oh, I know it's not fair. But what about the greater good? What about if you have a daughter and she can't get an abortion? And I told her, I said, well, you know, if everyone else is hurting, laws will get changed. And then she made, she gave me an example. Her example was, what if you're in, what if you're in prison or you're in a jail cell and you have a warden who treats you decently? Make sure you got three square meals. Make sure you shower every day. Make sure you're protected. There, there are no assaults. There are no rapes. There's no nothing. There's nothing to fear. Everyone has fun. You have your own little video game system. You can talk to the people. It's a calm, peaceful prison. It's a kumbaya type prison, right? I said, okay, cool. But everybody hates him because he's so he's a warden versus he leaves and another warden comes in and all this warden all the warden cares about is mass population of prisons. He doesn't care about rehabilitating prisoners. He doesn't care about helping prisoners. And he takes away the bed. Well, it, it costs too much to, to clean the sheets and he takes the food down to two square meals a day because it's cheaper for the prison. They can save more money for the prison uh, showers. You're going to shower once every three days because you don't need to shower every day. You're in prison. You're supposed to be punished. Now, you would want the old warden back. And she said, that's like America. Right now, we, for black people, technically, you, you guys are in prison. You guys, the first example, you're in prison. Things aren't bad. Things aren't good for you. Well, if you vote for Trump again, it's going to be like this, the second warden coming in and treating everybody like shit. It's best to just have things the way it is and try to hope that Biden could uh, fix his wrongs that he did in the past. Or if he can help even continue to improve what he did with Obama, because he and Obama did some some pretty good things, and hopefully he knows the uh, 
the error of his ways and he can improve that, right? I said, okay, cool. But let's think about it like this. Let's say along the prison example. We're in jail. We're in prison. We have everything, right? And everything gets stripped from everyone in the prison. Not just one group of people. Not just a certain uh, cell block or a certain dormitory. Everyone gets stripped of everything. It's going to cause mass chaos, mass havoc, and they're going to overthrow the system because once everybody is treated like shit, people are going to start rebelling and doing better. So if you make that about America the way it is today, if America starts treating white people like shit, Asian people like shit, black people like shit, Hispanic people like shit, Indian people like shit, natives like shit, Africans like shit, and every and anyone else who comes over here, if I didn't name your ethnicity, you know, when you come over here, if everybody's treated like shit, guess what? After you stay here for a while, you go start saying, okay, listen, the last four years we were all treated like shit. The last 10 years we were treated like shit. We can't keep having this. We need new mayors. We need new governors. We need new politicians in play to help everyone. Because listen, even that person over there got treated like shit. And it won't, and it won't really start to affect anyone until the celebrities get involved. Because this is, this is an argument I had with one of my, one of my other friends. He was like... Yo, you really think celebrities have that much pull, that much power to get people arrested and get laws changed? I said, yes, I do think they have that much power because they have influence. They're able to influence the minds of other people, number one. Number two, they have reach. They can reach the politicians. They can walk in them doors and walk in them offices and help people out. And they can change things because once celebrities start getting involved, they're, they're, they're the real consumers. Like, like poor people are consumers, yeah, but rich people are consumers because they, they buy stuff in mass and at a higher price. And they also are doing business with these people or these people's friends. So, for example, let's say if they pass the law to where women can't get abortions anymore, they have to just stay pregnant, right? Let a Kardashian get pregnant and they need, they need to get an abortion, you know, to save their life. Or let Michelle Obama or one of her daughters get pregnant and they need to get an abortion to save their life. Or let any other top celebrity get pregnant and they need to get an abortion to save their life. I guarantee you, let let, let, that, let that happen to Angelina Jolie, right? I guarantee you, people of that power who have that much fame and that much pull will start talking to these politicians like, yo, we need to get these changed. Uh, So-and-so's about to die. This is my cousin. This is my mom. This is my niece. This is my nephew. You know, whomever. These guys need to change. Once it starts to affect celebrities with other white people as well as poor white people as well, yeah, the laws are going to start to change quickly and swiftly because... No one, wants, no one wants that to happen to them. This lady named Jane Elliott. If you don't know who Jane Elliott is, look her up on YouTube. Jane Elliott is a woman who does a... Uh, she does these... How can you call it? These get-togethers type things, right? And she gives like a live example of what it's like to be a person of color. Not just black. Any person of color. Any minority. And if you have brown eyes in her, her little scenario, her little example, you are now a white person. If you have uh, blue eyes or green eyes... You're now a black person. So when she puts you into these rooms, she tells people who have green eyes or blue eyes to shut up, sit down. She, she treats you horribly. And she treats people who have brown eyes with respect and holds them to like a higher level. And one of the questions she asked them was like, who here in the room wants to be treated like a black person? And no one stands up. No one raises their hand. No one smiles. Says me, 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 me. Because people know how black people are treated in the world. They just don't give a damn because it's not directly affecting them. So once people are begin to be directly affected by what's going on and how things are happening, that's when it's like, okay, whoa, hold on. We need to change this because we're now being treated like how they're being treated and we don't like it, but we have the power to make changes and, and, and to affect things, right? So once that happens, changes will be made. Now, do I want Biden to win? Sure, because I've seen what Trump has done. This dude is telling people to inject themselves with like, disinfecting cleaners to help get rid of coronavirus trump is saying a whole lot of things that are that are outlandish dumb rude and it can get a lot of people hurt and killed he's he didn't take the, the virus seriously at first so it's, it's a lot and you know he's friends with david duke he was sponsored by david duke he got a whole lot of white people who have been you know just talking outside their neck especially people who are being racist and acting crazy and like it's it's a lot going on right now but i just want to you know say maybe biden can you know fix what's going on maybe biden can change what's going on maybe biden can be you know obama 2.0 and continue the what obama was trying to push trying to change with his legacy maybe he can i'm not sure i don't know i just want to say i wish everyone would, everyone would have voted for bernie sanders and we would have pushed bernie sanders along more because i would have been a lot safer and a lot more comfortable with bernie sanders running versus joe biden but, you know, everyone has their own reasons why who they voted for and why Biden is being pushed. I think he will be a better candidate than 
uh, Trump, but I just want to see what he's going to do for black people, honestly. Black man specifically. I want to see what he's going to do for us to try to help better our lives. Especially since he said, you know, he grew up in a black neighborhood, a black community. When he became a lawyer, he went back to the, to the black neighborhood and black community to help try to benefit black people's lives. So if that's true, that's really what he's standing on. That's really, and that's really what he's trying to run on for, for the black vote. Cool. Let's see what let's see what gets done. Let's see what happens here. Okay. Now it's time for the sports section. I know I haven't brought this up in a while. Ain't, ain't, nothing, ain't nothing really been happening. You got the little Michael Jordan documentary that's going on. I think it's on Netflix. I don't care about that. I don't think Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. I really don't. If you look at just numbers, just sheer pure numbers, uh, Jordan isn't better than LeBron. People are talking about, oh, Jordan got six rings. Cool. Jordan couldn't beat Larry Bird and uh, he couldn't beat Larry Bird and uh, Magic Johnson in the late '80s when they were old and washed up before they, you know, were about to retire. He couldn't win in the early 90s until they got Scottie Pippen, who's arguably one of the best small forwards ever at all time. So you had the best in one player in, in the NBA in Michael Jordan. You had, like, let's say, top five player in Scottie Pippen also on the team, who's arguably one of the best defenders ever to step on the court. Then you go get Ron Harper, who was no slouch of, of his own. Then you, you, got, you got Horace Grant, who's also not a, a slouch of his own. So Jordan basically had a super team, but he was just like the go-to scorer. So you had... Uh, Ron Harper, who could score and play defense. Horace Grant, who could score and play defense. Uh, Scott Pippen, who could score and play defense. Assist, grab rebounds, do all stuff like that. And there, people won't say, oh, but Jordan's the greatest of all time. This man had a super team on his team. He was a super team. He had he had top defenders, top scorers, top rebounds on his team. But he said, I'm the alpha dog. Give me the ball. I'm going to do my thing. So without Scottie Pippen, without Horace Grant, there would be no Michael Jordan. Without Steve Kerr hit, hitting them threes in the corner, there would be no Michael Jordan. So stop thinking Jordan is, is, is all this and that. And then after Dennis Rodman won with the uh, with the Detroit Pistons, they went and got Dennis Rodman, who's who's one of the top five greatest defenders of all time. I think he's like six seven, six eight, little dude defending centers, defending point guards, shooting guards, grabbing rebounds like crazy, diving, throwing his body all across the the, uh, the court, grabbing 17, 20 rebounds a game, going crazy. Dennis Rodman helped that team as well. Then they went and got Tony Kukoc, who was a beast overseas in the EuroLeague after the Olympics. So stop hitting me with all this. Jordan did it all by himself. Jordan was the greatest of all time. No, he was not. The reason he never seen the game seven, because he had squad behind him the entire time. And he had Phil Jackson, who's one of the greatest coaches of all time, coaching him. So no, I don't have any interest in seeing this because it's not going to prove anything to me other than he was a dick. Because people are saying, oh, it's supposed to be about the 90, what, 97, 98 Bulls team. It's really about Michael Jordan. Okay, Jordan's a dick. We knew Jordan was a dick. Nothing else needs to be said. But what I what I do want to talk about this, though, is um, there's this thing because people seem to think that the 1996 Bulls team was the best team ever assembled. But the 2017 Warriors team beat their record. They just ran up against LeBron James. LeBron James won that final championship, which is why I think LeBron is greatest of all time because you got LeBron playing people like or teams like the Warriors from 2017 who has Curry, who's going to be a, a future Hall of Famer, who has Clay Thompson, who's going to be a future Hall of Famer, who has J.M. Green, who's teetering Hall of Fame-type lifestyle gameplay, I guess you can say. LeBron's playing against them type, them type of teams. LeBron had to play against the Boston Celtics with KG, who's a Hall of Famer, against uh, Paul Pierce, who's a, Hall of Famer, who's a Hall of Famer, against Ray Allen, who's a Hall of Famer, against Rondo, who might sneak into the Hall of Fame, might not, I don't know yet. So LeBron's playing against all top tier players and team every night. Jordan didn't have to do that. Jordan didn't have to guard the best player, then go on offense to play point guard, and then try to put up numbers as well and get rebounds and block shots because Scottie Pippen did all that. I seen one stat that was like, oh, here are the numbers that, that Jordan put up in the playoffs. Jordan led the team in scoring. Scottie led the team in reboundings, assists, steals, and blocks. So LeBron, LeBron ain't never had a Scottie Pippen. Yeah, LeBron played with D-Wave and Chris Bosh for a few years. Bosh unfortunately had, you know, uh, blood clots in his body. So I wish him the best. He couldn't continue playing on his career. But also, LeBron ain't never had a, a, a top-tier coach like a Phil Jackson in his corners. So LeBron's winning championships. He's going against top-tier teams, number one, with a Hall of Fame players all in the starting five. And he's uh, going with a coach who's probably like a C or B-grade coach. He don't have an A-plus a coach like Michael Jordan did. But the scenario that people have brought up was the 1996 Bulls versus the 2017 Warriors and who will win. And I got to give it to the Warriors. For the simple fact, they already beat the record, number one. Number two, uh, nowadays we have people who specialize in defense. We have specialized defenders. So, Clay Thompson can can uh, clap that ass down on Jordan. Jordan ain't about to do all that. Oh, push off. Oh, 
pump fake the ball with one hand and the defender's going to run around in circles to look for the ball and Jordan's still holding the ball in his hand. No, Kate Thompson's going to clamp that ass up. If you want to do a screen and roll or switch, cool. Jeremiah Green can clap that ass up. If you want to do another screen and roll, cool. Iggy's going to clamp that ass up. I think at the time they had Harrison Barnes still. Cool. Harrison Barnes is going to clap that ass up. Harrison Barnes is not a slouch. Don't get it twisted because he's not a top-tier player anymore. He still can put up 20 points a game, 15, 20 points a game, still play defense, still block shots, still get rebounds. Harrison Barnes is not a slouch. Yes. So, other than that, other than Jordan putting up all them numbers, once you limit Jordan to averaging what? Let's say he averages 20 points a game, but he has a bad shooting percentage. You got to say, hey, who else going to step up? Horace Grant, you better step up. Hey, Scotty, you better step up. Tony Kukoc, Tony Kukoc, you better step up. People who aren't used to stepping up anymore because they let Jordan have all this attention want to step up. And plus, also, they ain't used to guard Steph Curry 35, 40 feet from the rim. Steph Curry's pulling from deep. So is Klay Thompson. In 2017, Jamal Green was shooting threes. So Jamal Green was shooting threes back then, too. So is Harrison Barnes. So it's a lot of factors that go into this game. Now, yes, back then they were, if you play the 90s rule, let's, let's put the words back in the 90s rule. Oh, it's a lot tougher. Well, Jamal Green ain't no sucker. Neither is Iguodala. Neither is Harrison Barnes. Neither is Klay Thompson. They complain a lot. Yeah, cool, because that's the way the game is played now. But they're rough and tumble guys. And plus, after you set the screen on one of their players, and back in the 90s, the big man didn't come out on the screen. They kind of stayed back. Curry go shoot, shoot them threes all day. Curry go put up at least 20 threes by himself because the big man ain't going to come up. If the big man does come up, the big man ain't used to guarding them type of handles. They didn't have them back then. Horace Grant is getting dropped off. Tony Kukoc is getting dropped off. They getting dropped the fuck off easily. Pick and roll all day, boom, layup. Or pick and roll, or they do roll. Then Jeremiah Green is an avid passer. Back then, they used to shrink into the paint. Throw it out to, to Clay Thompson in the corner. Three ball all day. Throw it out to Harrison Barr in the corner. Three ball all day. This is what people got to think about. People often think about, oh, it was too tough for them back then. It was too rough. Okay, cool. If they get the rebound, guess what? If they get the Warriors get the rebound, and they got that death lineup on the field with Jeremiah Green, little bitty self, playing center. Once he gets the rebound, and he puts the ball up court, and he's gone, Horace Grant, Ain't, ain't outrunning him. Tony Kukoc ain't outrunning him. That's two players left behind already. And the the Warriors went to the three-point line. So when the when, so when Jordan's who's back, Pippen who's back, Horace Grant who's back, or if Steve Kerr's in there, he's back, and you're trying to clog the paint, hey, Kerr, run to the corner, shoot that three. Or if Kerr got the ball, Kerr pulling it for 40 feet, 35 feet, who's going to stop that, man? Like, think about that when you're thinking about uh, the greatest team of all time. But that's it for this episode. I was going to talk about my uh, experience at the uh, donut shop with the Asian guy said the N-word. He said, nigga, but um, I'm going to save that for the next episode, which is going to come out really soon because I don't have school anymore. I'm done for now. So I'm going to be a lot more, be able to post on my podcast a lot more. So I'm going to say thank you for everyone who tuned in, who listened. Uh, this is your host, your speaking Levo Coffee. Follow me on Instagram at King underscore coffee. That is K-I-N-G underscore C-O-F-F-E-Y. Again, that is King underscore coffee. Uh, I love y'all. Thank you for listening. Tune in. I'm out. Peace.